When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. All right, back here on Purple Daily. Matthew Collar with you. If you missed any of our conversation with Andrew Kramer, who today reported that Riley Reef is in consideration to move to left guard from left tackle. So we discussed that in the first hour. If you missed any of that, then uh, please feel free to uh, check us out on iTunes. Just type in Score North Vikings or Purple Daily, Purple Podcast. Anything with the word purple in it will probably end up getting you uh, our podcast or the show's podcasted as well. So make sure you check those out. Manny has got his list of eight or nine things coming up. A real quick uh, note that um, Bill Barnwell will come up at one thirty, and we're going to talk to him. He's from ESPN. And uh, I just I wanted to point out that Riley Reef has never played left guard in the NFL, which automatically should shoot off fireworks in your mind of how that could go. But I understand why they would be considering it, largely because um, the fact that there are some good left tackles in this draft, and Riley Reef is not their long term left tackle, so I understand why they would think about it. He's also not a great pass blocker, but he is a powerful run blocker with. I think a better feel for playing offensive line than Mike Remmers. Remmers was kind of always just a hanger-on type of guy as opposed to a first-round pick that Riley Reef was who's moved positions before. So it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard, but it does tell you a lot about signing free agent tackles, signing free agent guards. If you're paying them a lot of money, they better be a top guy, or this is usually how it goes. Um, Manny, I uh, sent you a text this morning, and I said, Manny, here's what I want. I want the most interesting off-season teams, in your opinion. Give yourself some NFL Films music, Manny. You got it for Andrew earlier. You deserve it. Thank you. So this week's Manny's list of eight or nine things. I do not know whether he has picked eight or nine most interesting off-season teams. But let us run through your list. The teams that we will be watching the most in the off-season. And I will start with... Counting down to number one, I will start with number eight. Oh, okay. Only eight. Only have eight this week. A stunning surprise for Manny. Goes with eight <laughs> as opposed to nine. Did you have to cut the list down, or was this easy for you? Uh, I actually struggled to find number nine, but oh, okay. All right. I was so debating, so Manny's I just said, list you know what? I'm going to keep it at eight. If you had it home, if you were gambling on whether it was going to be eight or nine, it's eight. Uh, starting with number eight, very interested for 
if nothing else, comical reasons, the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and their offseason because, I mean, really, it, it will be interesting because John Filippo is now going to be the offensive coordinator down there. Quarterback position is obviously a huge question mark. Wondering if they maybe go, might make a run at Nick Foles because of the connection with Filippo yes. from Philadelphia. That could be something that they may do because... Everybody knows Blake Bortles is not the answer there. We knew that last we knew year, that maybe a couple of years ago, and the year before, and the year before that. Um, but but especially last year when we saw him in training camp practicing against the Vikings, and he couldn't even complete fifty percent of his passes in practice. Like I don't think this is going to work with Blake Bortles. Now the John D. Filippo connection is interesting because the Jaguars are a Teddy Bridgewater potential team. Sure, the Florida connection. I know it's not that close to South Florida, same state though. And they need a quarterback. It would make sense to have Teddy Bridgewater along with someone else come in, potentially a high draft pick like a Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State. Even Kyler Murray should be in this conversation. But I wonder if Teddy Bridgewater talked to a couple of his old buddies with the Vikings and said, should I go play for John DeFilippo? (laughs) I wonder what the answer to that question would be. It almost seems like a deadlock, like Anthony Davis is ending up with the Lakers and Nick Foles is ending up with the Jaguars. It just seems like that is going to happen. Number seven, very curious about the Indianapolis Colts. Had a very nice season under first-year head coach Frank Reich. Made the playoffs. Huge improvements on the offensive line. And if I'm not mistaken, they're going to have a pretty good amount of cap space this offseason to go out and add some talent. $109 million in cap space at this moment. That is why you can write this down. I see you have a pen in your hand. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis Colts for the Super Bowl next year. Right now, I, I think they will be able to spend whatever they want to spend to bring in whoever they want to bring in and stack that roster up. They have handled the cap brilliantly after they got rid of Ryan Grigson as their general manager. They have done a great job there, and now they are set up with a great coach, a great quarterback, and lots of cash. So, is this write that down as far as putting it in for write that down this yeah. Friday? Yeah, I want to put, it down. Yeah, I wanna put it down. I want a guest submission. I'll write that down. Indianapolis Colts. Colts in the Super Bowl. 2020 Super Bowl. Bowl, They are there. All right. Number six on your list. Number six on my list. The Arizona Cardinals. New coach, young coach, offensive mind, young quarterback. Now, they need to surround Josh Rosen with a lot more talent, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly on the offensive line. But I'm I'm curious to see how how they look because they're going to have some money to work with. They've got some older players on the roster, one that's going to be sticking around uh, at least for another year, and Larry Fitzgerald. That could be helpful for Rosen long-term. But uh, new coach, offensive mind, I'm very curious to see how the Cardinals look. And they also have a good amount of cap space. Right now, $51 million for the Cardinals. And I don't know if free agents will be hesitant to go to an unproven coach in Arizona, but it fits the Jared Goff model of, and, and Philadelphia Eagles with, with Carson Wentz did this too. They signed a bunch of free agents that offseason before they went and won the Super Bowl, yeah. most notably Elshon Jeffrey. He was pretty helpful. And I could see them doing the same thing, and I could see it being a big step forward for Rosen. I liked Josh Rosen coming out of UCLA as a guy who had a great arm and great footwork and was a polished college quarterback, but they were starting on the offensive line, a player that the Vikings had on their practice squad. (laughs) The Vikings had one of the worst offensive lines in the league. They had Colby Gossett on their practice squad. Arizona started him. 
That tells you how bad their offensive line was, and they didn't have receivers either outside of uh, Larry Fitzgerald. They misused their running back for half the season until having to fire their coordinator. It was a nightmare year for Rosen. It made Goff a better player, I think, to go through a tough year, and uh, we'll see with him. But all that cap space, and this is why it's going to be hard for the Vikings to sign free agents because you have teams with lots of money to burn. Uh, My number five team, I don't know how much money they have. but uh, Oh, I've got them all here. Um, the Atlanta Falcons are interesting to me because I think they need a bounce back year. This year was, this past season was very disappointing for them. They're two years removed from going to the Super Bowl. And for Dan Quinn, I, I tend to think this is going to be a big season for him in uh, in 2019. So I don't know how much cap space they have to go make any significant moves. You know, maybe, I know I know they dealt with some injuries in 2018, uh, but I'll be curious to see how they how they look in 2019. A little. They have about 14 and a half million. Do you Maybe know, get one guy. Do you know anyone who calls them the Falcons? I don't. I have so. I have heard people before. Falcons. It's the same with like Jaguars. You've Jag- heard the, you've, Jaguars. Ja- ja- yeah, Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard people call the Jaguars the Jaguars, and yeah. also the Falcons the Falcons. That's uh, that's it's strange. peculiar, yeah. uh, but they only have fourteen million dollars. But you know, it is, they are a really interesting case because if you were looking into the over unders and who to gamble on for next year, they're a team that lost their whole defensive group that was star players. Yeah, uh, in like the first two weeks, they had a bunch of ACLs just pop, and their defense never recovered. It was awful, but their offense was actually pretty darn good overall. So I could see them being able to repeat that offense and being maybe top seven in, in offense. And then if they're even middle of the league, they are much more interesting. But they've got to get uh, Grady Jarrett re-signed. That's going to be a big yeah. one for them. And he was really good in the Super Bowl for them two years ago. He was. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I like them on the list. I just don't know how much they're going to be able to do. So it's can they improve that defense? Will they make any other changes on offense, add any other weapons? But Ridley and Julio Jones is a pretty darn good combination. Number four, and I'm even though it's a huge market and people might be annoyed by this team because of how much they were in the news in 2018, I'm kind of rooting for them because I'm rooting for the head coach, the New York Giants. Um, obviously, we don't know what the future of OBJ is going to be. Eli Manning is just cooked and done. Um, I got to think they got to draft a quarterback this year. I mean, they just have to. Um, so I like that you bring them up because I just saw a report today that it's very possible Eli Manning is the quarterback of the uh, New York Giants again next season, which guarantees you missing the playoffs, I think. Even as good as Saquon Barkley was this year, and Odell Beckham when they threw him the ball was great, but Eli doesn't have anything left in the tank. Now, yeah. I would say, speaking of the word tank, there's a pretty good draft that's coming up a few years from now that they could line themselves up with, but it feels like they're just not going to be quite that bad. Like the Dolphins could stay down for a few years and then take Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. or Tua. They could get one of those two guys, but I don't see that for the Giants. They should just draft Dwayne Haskins this year and then start Eli, but if it goes bad with Eli, you turn it over to their rookie and go from there. It's very hard, though, unless they get Bridgewater is possible Mm -hmm. unless they get Bridgewater it's just really hard to see Nick Foles might do this for them too it's just really hard to see them being competitive 
until they have much better play at the quarterback position. Because Eli threw for 4,000 yards, but it was a Cousins-like 4,000 yards. Mm -hmm. They were down in games and things like that. It wasn't a a highly efficient offense, and Manning doesn't really have it anymore. Unless they make a change, they're not going to be great. But that is a great selection, I think, on your part, because the quarterback position is so interesting for them. Are they going to... I mean, are they going to stick with Pat Shermer long term? Because the the roster construction. I mean, Barkley's fantastic, but the roster construction overall is just not good. And you got the drama with OBJ and Landon Collins is probably going to leave in free agency. Yeah. He's one of their top defensive players, and it feels like Pat Shermer's just in a tough spot because it's going to be hard for him to win a lot of games, and then they might pull the plug on him if he doesn't win enough. And they spent a bunch of money on Nate Solder, who was actually not good, but only good as a Patriot, which happens a lot on offensive lines. Yeah, I think Shermer's in a really tough spot. Yeah. You look at the I pro- like him too. That's too bad. The production that he got out of that offense, considering what he had to work with there, I thought was good for him overall. And really the second half of the season, they played some competitive games. They were right there with Chicago. Remember that game? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just if they stick with Eli and don't draft a top quarterback, but this year not the year to be drafting top quarterbacks. He's in a tough position. It's it's very hard to see him lasting a long time. And I will go down thinking that Shermer just had the two worst coaching spots that you could have. You drop into an old veteran quarterback who can't play anymore, yep. and then he was in Cleveland before. Doesn't get any worse than that. Yep. Uh, number three, you mentioned them already when we were talking about the Giants, the Miami Dolphins. New coach. I'm curious about them because... They're plucking off of the Belichick tree. They hired Brian Flores, announced him yesterday. And uh, curious about the quarterback situation down there with uh, Ryan Tannehill. Not sure which direction they're going to go with him. Um, Miami, very, very curious. There was a report that they're done with Ryan Tannehill, which mm-hmm. would not surprise me. Actually, I think he'd be a good backup for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for one of those guys who you know could be at least 500, if your starter goes out, Ryan Tannehill would be that guy. They only have $12 million in cap space. They have to take a blowtorch to this roster. (laughs) I mean, I I think that the perfect thing for the Miami Dolphins to do would be get all the accelerants that you could find, pour it on the franchise, (laughs) light a match, watch it explode, and then draft Trevor Lawrence. Like, I, I think that's the, the best way that they could possibly go about this. Go because, like 76ers process yeah, route, basically yeah, just go, blow the whole thing and, up and, and then you, be you, awful for a couple of years. If you hate this model, then I suggest you look at the Cleveland Browns because right now we all feel pretty good about the Browns because why? They have Baker Mayfield and they were able to put a bunch of cap space into a few offensive linemen, a few free agents, draft Miles Garrett at the top. So they've got all this talent now with all these draft picks and stuff to go around Mayfield, a bunch of cap room. Like That's that's what you have to do, but it takes a few years of being not just kind of bad, Hugh Jackson bad. <laughs> they should have hired Hugh Jackson. They hired the wrong guy. Although, I, love, I, love that, I love that Hugh Jackson has become sort of the poster child for like, if you want to be bad, yeah. just be... Hugh Jackson. I would bad. say, though, if you hire someone off the Belichick tree, it usually doesn't go well. So that yeah. guy's in a tough spot. Uh, number two, the 49ers of Santa Clara. Um, <laughs> I'm curious about them because Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, he, he got the money, had the injury last year, the ACL. We've seen flashes mm-hmm. of what he could be, but I'm just not entirely convinced yet. And we just need to see more of him. 
And hopefully he comes back healthy and we'll get a good look at him for a full season. It is amazing. We talk about how much Kirk Cousins got for being like the 15th best quarterback in the league. But Jimmy Garoppolo had barely played and landed the contract. Imagine if you're a player who had to start for four years to get it. Like This guy had (laughs) seven starts or, or less for the Patriots and got his big deal. And then he did have that good run at the end of 2017 for the 49ers. We really didn't see that this year, the same type of play. And we've seen uh, former Tom Brady backup quarterbacks in the past get big contracts because of maybe a handful of games that people like. Yes, and uh, yes. one of them uh, actually uh, played quarterback for the Vikings for a couple of years. Very briefly, Matt Castle and his great run as a Minnesota Viking quarterback. I like this selection because they have a ton of cap space. Yeah. $60.6 million in cap Oof. space for them. And they also have the most players that are currently under contract except for Washington, I think. In terms of uh, just players that they are carrying over, they've got a ton of them, and then cap space to go along with that. So it's not like the reason they have the cap space is because they have no players. They have their players in their roster. George and, Kittle's really good. And now, and right, they have an elite tight end. Yeah. It's just about maybe getting a few more weapons there. Pierre Garçon did not work out as a signing for San Francisco. Uh, he's a guy I think the Vikings could get on the cheap, by the way. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the 49ers in part because they've got a lot of flexibility and Kyle Shanahan's going to have to do it, right? I mean, he's yeah. been talked about as a great offensive mind and a, a good coach, but it, it hasn't been easy for him in the first couple of years. Now I think he's going to have to actually step up and win some games for them. And the NFC West is really interesting. Rams, 49ers should be better. Seahawks probably just as good. Cardinals, mm-hmm. you project to be better. Should interesting be division. Uh, and number one, you've mentioned him already, the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Lots of cap space. Yes. Exciting quarterback with a uh, young quarterback with a lot of upside. I think Baker Mayfield's going to be terrific. And uh, new coach, I guess new old coach. They basically hired their interim offensive coordinator to be head coach. But um, Ready. Yeah, it's going to be uh, Cleveland. I think they've really got something cooking now. Now, I mean, how good of a coach is Freddie Kitchens? We'll find out. But I think with the roster and where they're at and the cap space that they have, um, I think they're going to be a team to really watch in 2019. I love it as a number one pick. They can sign whoever they want to sign. Yeah, They have so much money. They are, I think, third, fourth. I just moved. I closed out the page to look at free agents here. But they're one of the top teams, $80 million in cap space to spend around Baker Mayfield, which is, again, the model to win is to have a good quarterback on a rookie contract yeah. and then be able to sign good players around him. The one thing I can't stop thinking about, Manny, with Baker Mayfield is how is he going to hold up when things are hot? Hot in the kitchen, you might say. In the Freddy Kitchens. Well played. Is he going to be able to handle it? Because if you're the guy who shows up as the first overall pick, but you don't play right away, you get in, people are going to like you no matter what. Like Sam Darnold didn't have a great season. They love him in New York. Mm -hmm. In Buffalo, I have confirmed this with friends. They're happy about Josh Allen. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL. I mean, in terms of his statistics, his clean quarterback passing, so not when pressured, it's a better way to look at it because pressure's all over the place with quarterbacks. He was the worst-rated quarterback, worst accurate, uh, least accurate in the league. And Buffalo fans are like, we got our guy. But... Was it just because he leaped over Anthony Barr at U.S. Bank Stadium, maybe? (laughs) He's got a monster arm. He made some plays with his legs. It's just... 
the idea of having a young quarterback is always going to sit well with fans, and it's always going to be a no-pressure situation. Baker Mayfield did not have pressure last year. He came in. No one expected him to really do a lot. It was Cleveland. It was a bad team. He played pretty well. He showed some flashes. Now everyone thinks he owns the city, but that comes along with expectations. So now you're supposed to make the playoffs if you're the Cleveland Browns. And there is such a thing as too big of a chip on the shoulder, and I do wonder about that with Baker Mayfield sometimes. Chip on the shoulder is good. Boulder on the shoulder, maybe not as much. Because this is really for the first time I think we're going to go into a, an offseason or a season with the Cleveland Browns where we're not really looking at them as a joke Yeah, anymore. that's right. It's been like a long time. They've, it, it appears that they have something going in the right direction now for the first time in God knows when. So, I mean, it's this is kind of uncharted territory for everybody in that organization. Call it your off-season preview show, although we're kind of in the off-season now already, but that it sounds good, doesn't it, Manny? Yeah, off-season like preview it. show. Call it that. And to help us, ESPN's Bill Barnwell will come up in just a couple of minutes. You are listening to Purple Daily. If you missed any of our first hour with Andrew Kramer, you can check that out at score, S-K-O-R, north.com. Or if you got the little Purple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcast type in score north vikings or purple podcast and you will find our show so we'll be back and uh, we'll talk to bill barnwell then on the other side here on purple daily score north minnesota sports anytime anywhere scorenorth.com and this portion of purple daily is brought to you by robert w baird and company I don't know about you, Manny. I'm excited for this offseason. Maybe the most that I have been. And the Vikings don't have a lot of cap flexibility, which usually makes it the most intriguing. But they do have so many question marks. And if you're just making a list of like around the league question marks, uh, the Vikings have a lot of them. But there's also interesting ones that go beyond them. And today, Antonio Brown was reportedly involved in a domestic dispute. Yeah. Uh, he is not arrested, but you wonder where Antonio Brown is going to be playing his sports next year. And you also wonder, is he all right? Like, is Antonio Brown okay? It's been a really weird year for him. Yeah. I mean, just sort of letting down the team, getting in arguments with Roethlisberger, which, you know, I probably would also get in arguments with Roethlisberger, (laughs) but coming across like he just doesn't want any part of Pittsburgh anymore, maybe you can understand that because they've been so dramatic and they haven't been as good in quite some time now. He calls Ryan Clark and Uncle Tom. Yeah, that's right. Like a former teammate like who's working at ESPN, who's a really, really good NFL analyst for ESPN, by the way, and just... Picking fights with him, like it's just really weird. Just unusual behavior from Antonio Brown, and then uh, today involved in a domestic dispute, and wonder how that would impact his trade value. Um, and also, just I mean, is he going to get suspended by the league now? Uh, depending on how this ends up playing out, an interesting thing happening today would just that could impact some of these moves because it seemed like he was destined to go potentially to San Francisco because they yeah. have all that cap space and they need another wide receiver or two. But would this uh, affect their ability to now trade him to San Francisco? Uh, maybe San Francisco backs away if that happens. So there are storylines all over the place. I was just reading Kevin Seifert's piece about how there are other things to look for, too. The instant replay thing is not going away. 
And there are spring leagues. The AAF League is yeah, uh, coming out starts, soon. Does that start this weekend? I believe it is this weekend. Yeah. And uh, Christian Hackenberg is a quarterback in that league. Which <laughs> go, go get him, boys. That was not meant to turn you off to the league. Um, <laughs> but just a lot of interesting writing on ESPN. We're going to talk to Bill Barnwell in about five minutes here. Dan Graziano wrote a piece about uh, 10 bold predictions. So not so bold his number one was that Nick Foles is going to the Jaguars. I don't, I don't <laughs> think that that's bold at all. But how about this for another Pittsburgh-related thing that's catching my eye is Le'Veon Bell. Where could he end up? Yeah. And Todd Gurley didn't really play in the playoffs and didn't play well when he was in, got this huge contract. Like, Could they trade him if they were not happy with his performance? There's a lot of things that uh, are up in the air here. Russell Wilson uh, needs a contract extension. There's been no talks yet. And uh, one of these other bold predictions is that four quarterbacks are going to be drafted in the first round, which would really be stunning because none of these guys are talked about as top-notch quarterback prospects. Which one of those catches your eye, Manny? Probably the quarterbacks one, the one you just mentioned. Like I, uh, Dwayne Haskins, I'm not a huge Ohio State fan, but I like Dwayne Haskins a lot. He's His arm, his release... He's very accurate. He can runs a short around. passing game effectively, which you need to do in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, he was really, really good in the Rose Bowl, and um, getting a chance to look at him throughout the throughout the season, and it wasn't a great Ohio State team, I don't think, but he played really, really well. He was a Heisman finalist, threw fifty touchdowns, I think. Um, I'm really curious to see where he goes. I think. You mentioned him potentially maybe going to the Giants or something like that. If they decide to draft a quarterback, I think that would be a good spot for him because yeah. I think Pat Shermer could help him a lot. Um, but yeah, this quarterback class too with you know Kyler Murray, what's he going to do? I mean, we don't even know if Kyler Murray's going to play football. Yeah, we yeah. don't even know that yet, and people are talking about like him being drafted in the top ten by somebody. I know that his interview with Dan Patrick was so uncomfortable, where he just wouldn't say, wouldn't say what anything. He's thinking. Yeah, he wouldn't say anything about uh, Dan Patrick was just joking with him about holding an NFL football, and he just was silent. It's like okay. I know that some of these guys uh, are young, and they all make mistakes with this. Lamar Jackson wouldn't run the 40. And it was like, you know, Lamar, you probably should have run the 40. Mm -hmm. Not that that should drop his draft stock. Or or maybe Teddy should have gone through his uh, pro day with the gloves as opposed to without (laughs) the gloves. Nobody ever goes this perfect. If you remember the story, uh, Teddy didn't give a good enough handshake to the Browns. So uh, that was his problem. <laughs> but I, I mean, still there, can't believe that. There, there's always mistakes that these guys make in the draft process because they're young guys. But already Kyler Murray trying to play coy with whether he's going to be a football player is likely dropping his draft stock. And that sort of catches my eye about whether the Minnesota Vikings would be involved. So we're going to talk to Bill Barnwell in just a second here about all of these offseason storylines. But. <laughs> As far as the NFL being like the NBA in terms of catching your eye with offseason stories, I think that they have come quite a long way in this, where free agency day becomes a huge monster group of signings that come out because now they have it at 3 in the afternoon, and they also give teams those couple of days before so they could talk to all of these players and get the signings ready, and then it's just one explosion of signings throughout uh, one great free agency day. I am excited for that. Unfortunately, it's not until March 13th, but um, 
just the lead up to that and who's going to fit, who could go where, all those sorts of things. The NFL offseason should be very interesting. You can give us a call 651-646-8255 as we look into the Vikings offensive line. There's uh, questions there. We talked about that in the first hour and Andrew Kramer's report today that Riley Reef could potentially move from left tackle to left guard, which immediately drew uh, excessive freakout on Twitter, but I, I don't think that it's quite the type of thing that you need to lose your mind over yet because Andrew's report is that they would consider that as a potential option. And the interesting thing about Riley Reef is that he is going to be a guy they could release without penalty after um, June 1st. He's one of those guys where his... Uh, signing bonus money has been used up and then he ends up being to where they could move on after June 1st. So that makes their offseason decisions very interesting here because you kind of need that cap space now, but you have to wait till June 1st if you want to let him go. Uh, Joining us now on the show here on Purple Daily from ESPN, Bill Barnwell. How are you, Bill? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How was your Super Bowl? It was good. I left Atlanta before Sunday, so I avoided the terror. That was the Atlanta airport Monday, and really fascinating game. I don't know if it was fun, necessarily, a fun game, but it was very tense. And I think it was a very interesting watch from that perspective. Bill, I think you got your bowls wrong. That's what you're supposed to do with the senior bowl is you leave before the game, <laughs> not the Super Bowl. It's a mess. I mean, like, it's just, it, you know, it's better to do the kind of work I do where I'm looking at it maybe a little closer to most other people from home. Get to see it from different angles, get to, you know, get the replay elements of it, um, better Wi-Fi. I mean, it really is, uh, I went <laughs> once and it's cool to go, but it's better for me when it comes to my work to do it from home. Better Wi-Fi is a reporter comment if there ever, if there ever was one. <laughs> um, Bill, I'm curious what you found down there talking to NFL people because the Super Bowl was uh, a great moment for defense wins championships people. But when you look at who made it to the championship games, it was still the offensive juggernauts of the league. But I'm wondering where this goes from here on. Like the teams love to sort of chase around whatever just worked. So last year we heard about RP. RPOs endlessly in the offseason. <laughs> RPOs, RPOs, RPOs. And no, they did not take over the league in 2018. But what do people think will be sort of the trend that we're looking at through this offseason? What is our RPOs this offseason? That's a good question. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a combination of things. I don't think there was, you know, one sort of core thing. I think you're going to see the defense wins championships. People come out. And when we see defenders maybe get more in free agency than you're expecting, someone like a, a Dante Fowler, for example, you might be sitting here and saying, yeah, you know, look at the Patriots. They won that game by being able to rush Jared Goff and force him into making mistakes. And there was some truth to that. I mean, the one, the one defensive scheme that always works, no matter what you're running, no matter who you're playing against, is pass pressure. So I think you're going to see guys like that get paid. And I think you're going to see teams look at what worked for the Patriots in the Super Bowl, which was uh, going back to their base offense, going back to two tight ends, two running backs, spreading the field with those players and having guys who are capable of both, you know, blocking and then also really making plays in the passing game. So you're not going to get Rob Gronkowski, obviously. There's only one of those, but could see more of an emphasis on, on tight ends, you know, even some fallbacks possibly, bigger receivers, guys who are capable of, of you know, contributing in both elements of the game on offense, getting paid and might more than you might expect uh, as we hit free agency coming up here. Bill Barnwell from ESPN joining us here on Purple Daily. All those same thoughts ran through my mind as it pertains to the Minnesota Vikings, Bill. When you talk about mm-hmm. these 
defensive players, pass rushers, potentially getting more money. It comes to mind Sheldon Richardson and Anthony Barr, free agents. And then the tight end thing is really interesting because the Vikings have the most capable tight end and a guy with very sure hands, but not any type of threat that's going down the field. So it may influence the Vikings to look at this and say, instead of taking a, a tight end in the sixth round and hoping the guy develops, it may be time to truly invest and pay Jared Cook to come here or uh, take a guy in the first round. I, I, I'm curious if you think that Anthony Barr, Sheldon Richardson, if those are the types of guys that the Vikings should pay. It depends on the price tag, right? And obviously they've invested a ton over the past couple of years to retain a lot of that draft class when Anthony Barr was in. And I think it kind of made sense that Barr would be the last person standing, really. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he left. I mean, obviously... You know, he was uh, exposed a little bit against the Rams, um, had some games where he looked bad. Obviously, I think he's a very talented player, but he also doesn't obviously rack up the numbers that you might look for from a guy who gets paid a ton in free agency. So I think with, with Sheldon Richardson, maybe hurt him a little bit last year. I think he's going to be in better shape this year uh, to get a multi-year deal and probably wind up getting one. Um, with Barr, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't know that... You know, there, there might be certain teams who value him really well. It might just be one team that really values him as a $10, $12, 13000000 million a year player. So if that market's not out there and, and you start looking at a smaller price tag, maybe something in the, you know, six, seven, eight, nine million range, maybe he comes back. I, I think it's going to be more a question of just, you know, how, how his market develops. It's not like with certain players, you can kind of figure out how it's going to work out. And, and most of the time, it does work out that way. With Barr, I think it could go in a lot of different directions. Yeah, I think Barr's one of the most interesting players in the entire NFL in free agency, mm-hmm. in part because, you know, the linebacker position, Bill, it's uh, the the only quote that's worth having from Godfather 3, you know, I think I'm out and they bring me back in. Is that Godfather 3? <laughs> Is that- I think so. I think so, yeah. Well, with linebacker, I'm like that all the time. Every time mm-hmm. I think, no, the Chargers have it right because they play like safeties at linebacker, and that's what you should right. do. And then the Patriots bring in this huge-ass fullback and run over everybody. It's like, okay, well, maybe it's not as uh, invaluable or not as uh, lacking value as I think. And then I watch mm-hmm. Dante Hightower dominate that game. He could have won mm-hmm. MVP of the Super sure. Bowl. And it's sort of, I, I was all in on, hey, let Anthony Barr go. Don't pay a linebacker that doesn't get sacks that much money. And I've sort of come back to the other side of, yeah, maybe that guy still has a lot of value in this league. I don't know. I, I, I see your point. But then I think about the rest of that defense. And number one, Dante Hightower signed a multi-year deal. Honestly, they haven't got a lot of value out of it, except for when they've been in the Super Bowl, where he's been fantastic. So um, he's missed a lot of time with injuries, just almost all uh, of 2017 with an injury. So, I mean, you know, I see your point, but certainly it's it's tough. And you think about the other guys in that defense, Patrick Chung was playing uh, as a linebacker for a chunk of that game, who's a safety who, again, went to the Eagles, struggled, went back to the Patriots and excelled. And Kyle Van Noy, someone who NFC North fans are familiar with, was with the Lions, never really found his place, was about to get cut, got traded. Um, I think the Patriots traded a six for Noy and a seven, and he's been fantastic in New England. So, I mean, I think you're going to see teams kind of look at those guys and say, okay, well, who can we who can we trade for? Who can we reposition and play in a meaningful role? Because the Patriots have gotten so much out of Van Noy uh, when he looked like he was going to be a bust uh, after two years with Detroit. Bill Barnwell joining us here on uh, Score North on Purple Daily. Now, the the way that the Patriots build 
both the two position groups is really fascinating to me from a Vikings perspective, Bill. The mm-hmm. the defense, because it seems like they have all these players who are pretty good but do something well, and then they mm-hmm. just have them do that all the time. So all of a sudden you see this big-ass dude come in, Shelton, and he's their nose tackle. He shuts people down in the run, and then rotational pass rushers coming from everywhere, whereas the Vikings have paid their stars, and they've sort of locked big money into them. But as they try to create every bit of cap space possible, I wonder if it might be smarter on the Vikings' uh, perspective to try to find some of those rotational players on defense to fill spots and use the cap space to fill around Kirk Cousins, because I think Kirk Cousins needs all the help he can get to maximize his talents. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know how much they really have left to sort of create. I mean, you're not going to cut someone like a Xavier Rhodes, where even if you have a lot of cornerbacks you've invested serious money in, Xavier Rhodes is just, you know, he's a, a cornerstone of your defense. I just can't see them making that sort of move. You know, you're, obviously you're not going to cut Daniel Hunter. Uh, you know, you're going to keep uh, Eric Kendricks assigned to a long-term deal. So, I mean, who do you think you would move on? Like, I, I, I just wonder how you create the space to create some uh, some space to get cash around Kirk Cousins, because I, I agree with you. I think they need to do it. But I think at this point, I almost wonder if the dice and cash, they've already made their investments. You can't really do a ton in terms of their flexibility. Okay, I'll give you a few ideas, and you tell me whether you like them or not. Uh, sure. Now, Xavier Rhodes, I agree with you that he's their shutdown corner, but he has had some injuries and took a step backwards last year, plus mm-hmm. approaching 30 years old. Trade market, potentially, for Xavier Rhodes? Oh, it'd be tough. I mean, you know, I, I just feel like if you make that move and you're wrong and you trade a, a star cornerback who's still, like you said, approaching, but it's still at the time of his career, really, and still was excellent in 2017. If you make that trade, I mean, that, that could be, like, like, that could be franchise altering in a way that I would be worried about. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it, but that's a really, 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 you know, scary move in some ways. Okay, now here's another one. They, If they released Everson Griffin, they would create $10.7 million cap space. Griffin was not the same player last year, and he suffered from some off-the-field uh, issues. But, uh, you know, as far as the Vikings go, this is another guy that is up there in age, and maybe his mm-hmm. best days are behind him. Steven Weatherly came in behind him and played pretty well. That feels like it would be an option of play Steven Weatherly, sign a rotational pass rusher to come in, and let Griffin go. Yeah, I, I, that one makes much more sense to me with Everson Griffin. I think the thing that I might question if I were a Vikings fan, and I think you probably feel the same way as I do about this, is do you trust Rick Spielman in that front office to make smart moves in signing offensive players in free agency? Because I think about their roster over the past couple of years, the signings they've made have been uh, Riley Reese, Michael Runners, and uh, Latavius Murray. And I don't know if any of those moves work out the way the Vikings would have hoped when they made those signings. Yeah, and you know, they're in a tough spot because... Everyone else has so much cap room. When I look at, like, the Indianapolis Colts could sign all of free agency and then still have <laughs> cap space, right? And so could the Cleveland Browns and, and the Cardinals have space. And, and this is what they're up against. And this is why it's so tough for the Vikings is that I think when they went 13 and three, it's a lot easier to entice a Sheldon Richardson of like, mm-hmm. hey, come in here, get some sacks on a winning team and everybody will notice and you'll get that big paycheck. You go eight, seven and one. It kind of changes the dynamic a little bit there. And a lot of guys, might say, you know what, I'm just going to take the biggest cash somewhere else. Yeah, not not out of the question on the side. If you've seen that some teams have improved in years past, uh, Oakland being a good example, or Oakland was obviously terrible for so long, and they had to overpay you know, guys in their mid-30s, or Justin Tucks, for example, uh, and pay them premiums to go to Oakland. 
And then when they had that good year, they had that promising year where Derek Carr looked like he was going to emerge as a player. They just got Amari Cooper and Cleo Mack. Then they started to get veteran players like Fletcher SMLA, uh, who were really good and in the prime of their career still. And so, um, you know, free agents aren't, aren't naive. They're not, they're, they want to play for winners. They want to play in places that are worn, which doesn't always help Minnesota in most cases. Um, but they want to play situations where they're going to look good and they have a shot at winning a Super Bowl. And I think the Vikings can sell the latter. I mean, even in a down year, they were still pretty competitive and there's still a ton of talent on this roster. But you're right. I mean, it's a lot easier to say, hey, you, we were one game away from making the Super Bowl versus, hey, you know, we didn't make the playoffs. Bill, it's seven degrees and snowing. That's not too bad. <laughs> Seven, seven's all right. It yeah, was, um... I mean, you know what? I, I will say this. You know, I, I've always thought that it's a little overrated. I think I think players will go to a situation where it is cold. And obviously, you know, I, I, I think Minneapolis is a great area, a great city. Um, I have friends who, who live there and work there and are super thrilled about living there. Um, but I think at some point, this could be a question of just, you know, can I win a Super Bowl with this team? And I think you can with the Vikings, but I don't think everyone feels that way in the same way they would have felt, or I think anyone who was a free agent would have felt that way a year ago. Yeah, that's right. I, the the TCO Performance Center might be a very impressive, but I think the idea of going to a Super Bowl team carries more cachet than where you're going or where you're practicing right. or any of those things. Uh, that would be the one factor they might get into. Now, Bill, from, uh, from your travels, from your experience, from your analytics, from all your studies, um, tell me how to build an offensive line that doesn't look like this one. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I get to the point where if I tweet, hey, it's cold outside, someone tweets me back, build the offensive line. And I just, I don't know what to do anymore. I don't have answers for these people, Bill. You hire Dante Scarnecchi, a problem solved. <laughs> yeah. End of the day. I, you know, I think the Patriots are a really fascinating case, but there's not one strategy with them, right? You know, they drafted Isaiah Wynn in the first round while he tore his Achilles. That's a bummer. Um, they've used mid-round picks on guards, and those, they've been very effective. Um, it's like Shaq Mason has turned into an absolute superstar. They got David Andrews, I believe, as an undrafted free agent or a late-round pick at the very least, but, you know, signed him to a cheap extension. I mean, he looked good in, in a short sample. Um, Marcus Cannon, someone who struggled for years. I mean, he was bad for years. And then suddenly turned into an upper echelon right tackle with more reps and, and the right coaching. And um, they traded for Trent Brown. You know, when they found an opportunity to get a guy who had one year left on his deal, who was, his team didn't really value, they said, hey, we're going to turn him into a useful player. We're going to play to his strengths instead of building an offense that doesn't play to his strengths. And obviously is a seven, seven foot five, you know, 350 pound uh, tackle. He didn't make sense for Cal Shanahan. He wants smaller faster players, Patriots found him and plugged him in and he's going to work. So um, I think you might look at that. When we look at players who aren't in the right spots elsewhere, who maybe aren't excelling elsewhere, think about your offense and, and the kind of offensive line you want to get for the scheme you're going to run and then build upon that. And of course, the problem to some extent also, of course, is that the Vikings are now, uh, you know, on their third, fourth offensive coordinator in four years. So I think that sort of instability, uh, even with Mike Singer sticking around, has hurt that team and prevented them from really you know, developing any sort of you know, consistent idea of what they want their offensive line and their offense to look like. All right, Bill, before I let you go, we, in our last segment, counted down our eight teams. Uh, it's a long story why it was eight, but eight teams <laughs> that we are most interested in for the NFL offseason, what's the one that you can't wait to write about leading up to free agency in the draft? Wait, what were your eight? you got to pick one, of the, one out of those eight, right? Well, you don't have to pick from our list. I, I just want to know your number one. We Because uh, I don't want to give you my number one and then influence you. I don't want your number, but I feel like I should have your eight. Okay, Manny, do you have, your, do we, do you have our, our list of eight? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But Come I know. on, Manny. <laughs> 
But I know like the Browns and the Cardinals, the uh, the Dolphins, Giants, 49ers. Falcons, 49ers, Jaguars, and Colts. I think, I, think Manny, I just listed all eight of them. Manny right went off the board with Falcons a little bit, I think. But the rest of them are the teams with cap space. Okay. I'm going to go Niners. I feel like the Niners are sort of this year's Colts uh, in terms of the team that is most likely to take a step forward, get a healthy quarterback back, good coach, infrastructure, to some extent is there. Obviously, the Colts had an incredible draft. The Niners have to have you have to hit the draft this year, but they have Cascades to work with. They could trade for Antonio Brown, hardly out of the question. Have a second overall pick, a lot of young talent on that roster. Um, I think I would say the Niners. Cause I feel like I feel like they're closer than people think. It wouldn't shock me if they made the playoffs next uh, year in a way that I think people are sleeping on right now. I had the Browns because of the cap space, because of mm-hmm. Baker. The chip on Baker's shoulder is interesting. Like as it, there's like a like a curve for chips on the shoulder. Where if it goes a little <laughs> too far, then it's okay. Too much chip on the shoulder, and then just right. can they get their organizational structure together enough to make the right decisions to fill out that roster around him? Because after reading the uh, ESPN story on uh, the Browns over the last few years, uh, woof! Mm-hmm. Like I mean, <laughs> it, it makes it hard to trust what they're going to do here going forward but Baker is so interesting and fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean I think I think you're going to see guys want to play with him especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think you just, you know, that attitude can be really endearing. Like you said, when it's in the right obviously I think it can be in the wrong and not something that upsets me necessarily but um, you know, I think a lot of players are going to sit there and say, yeah, I think that guy can win football games and I want to play with him. And at the end of the day, like, I think the biggest thing that is going to attract players is that chance to win the Super Bowl. And the best thing you, you know, the best thing you can have to win a Super Bowl is to have a, a, a talented quarterback. So I think, you know, the Browns have a window here with a lot of cap space. Baker Mayfield, relatively cheap salary. That's the first overall pick. I mean, they can. I, I just, I'm so skeptical of that ownership group to do the right thing, and it wouldn't shock me if we're sitting here 12 months from now and well, Baker had a, a, a subpar year and Freddie Kitchens got fired and they're rebuilding <laughs> their staff over again. And I hope it doesn't happen. I hope the Browns are great. Cleveland deserves it. But I've just been burned too many times by that organization to, to really trust them to do anything right for more than a few months at a time. Yes, the Browns, you could paraphrase KG and say anything is possible when it comes to uh, the Browns. Uh, Bill, it was, it's uh, great to have you, uh, have you on. I hope uh, we can do it again to break down some huge and exciting Vikings signing in the offseason. <laughs> Anytime, Matthew. Thanks, Bill. That is uh, Bill Barnwell of ESPN joining us here. We'll take a little break here, come back, wrap it up, and then I will also be hosting after that. Uh, when Courtney's not here, I don't have a good way to do this. Do you want to tease the show at 2 o'clock? It's Score North Live with Matthew Collar. That's way better than what Courtney brings. All right, that's, that's we'll have to play this back for her when that's she's your back new next job. week. Yeah, she, she needs to break down the tape of you promoting the 2 o'clock show. I feel awkward doing it myself. Like, coming up at 2, it's me talking about other stuff. <laughs> All right. All right, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be right back and wrap up the Purple Daily section of today's program. Your North Flag Fly. Score North. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Just a friendly reminder, 2019 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is coming up this weekend, uh, February 8th through the 10th at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Grab your golf buddies, check out the great deals. Everything from drivers, irons, apparel, to uh, early season golf passes and destination golf resort vacations as well. Two really cool ticket offers. You can check those out. Uh, includes 17 free green fee passes, his or hers moisture wicking golf shirt, 
And uh, new this year, the Up North VIP ticket, which includes a golf show ticket, two vouchers for the $100,000 pontoon putt, and many other fabulous prizes. Check out these offers and uh, all the show details at minnesotagolfshow.com. The 2019 Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. You know, Manny, you got to feel good for the city of Boston. Whether, uh, it's been a rough run for them, yeah. hasn't it? They're just, uh, I think it was almost 100 days. 98 I, days. Could you imagine going 98 days without winning a world championship? So we uh, bought a mattress, and the guarantee on the mattress is that if you don't like it within 100 days, <laughs> that you can take it back. So from the time that I had to evaluate my mattress, <laughs> they won another championship. Against the same city, too. That's, yeah. that's even funnier. Yeah, you got to feel they're celebrating uh, with a big parade and so forth, and uh, good for them. The Julian Edelman conversation is just not that interesting to me. Can I can I cop out of that one? I see yes, that that's like a big do. NFL argument today, which is just sort of classic. The Super Bowl's over. What lingering thing can we argue about a little? Yeah. Uh, I think it's There's pretty, nothing to argue about within, as far as this is concerned. He... Like, it's just, no. <laughs> is not a Hall of Famer. No. That's easy for me. Had a really good game, but didn't even necessarily deserve the MVP. Uh, he is a player that you can appreciate for the journey it took him to get there, but also say, yeah, he did use PEDs, and that is okay to bring up. It's not against the rules to play someone who used PEDs during the year. I don't think that football fans necessarily care whether football players use it like baseball people care about using. Uh, and maybe the assumption is just that so many players are doing so many things to get to that level of jacked and to handle that level of uh, physicality and pain and all that sort of stuff that they all are using some method and it's just whether they get caught or not. I think that's a really cynical way to look at it and probably not true, but I don't think it's something that really interests football fans to sit there and debate PEDs with football players. And if it's in the rules, I, you sort of shrug your shoulders. Well, then maybe it shouldn't be if they're really trying to curb PED use, but it doesn't seem like the NFL really is. So, right. I, I, I mean, I guess if you uh, want the NFL to try to um, curb that use, then taking players out of the playoffs who use PEDs might be a pretty interesting option, but only if you get caught. And uh, a lot of times players will say that if you get caught, you were more stupid than anything. And people forget, too, that Tom Brady threw for 500 yards in the Super Bowl last year and... Julian Edelman was not a part of it because he was out for the entire season with a torn ACL. Yeah. And Kevin Hogan and Danny Amendola and Gronk still had big games in that performance. They lost, but Chris, it was because their Chris defense Hogan. couldn't stop Nick Foles. Chris Hogan. You gave him another generic name. Did I call I called him Kevin Hogan? Remember I? Kevin Gogan, the offensive lineman? This big <laughs> giant dude. I was thinking of Kevin Hogan, the Stanford quarterback. All right, we will be right back. With a different producer, but Manny, tell everyone what is next. Score North Live with Matthew Collar. All right, that's coming up next. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. 
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.